You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. What do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> you don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. All right, this is Kill You Last. I'm Peter Garacci. I'm Alex Pashera. Uh, and you're not looking at my evil twin. That's my little brother, Robert Garacci, by Zoom, finally coming on. What's up, Rob? How's it going? Thanks for Good. having me. Yeah, nice, yeah so- uh, nice to officially meet you, Robert. Yeah, yeah, Rob? Exactly. Rob? Is it Rob? I go by Rob. Yeah. Rob. We're going to go with Rob. You can, uh, I mean, Alex, you've heard this story. Like, Rob named the podcast. Yeah. I, uh, I texted him. him about this idea for a podcast, and I was like, I can't come up with a, a name. And he immediately texted me back, why don't you call it Kill You Last? So yeah. we've been waiting for the moment to finally do the movie where Kill You Last comes from. So I know. Well, well, originally I was living in Chicago, so we were waiting for a time when I could do this in person. And look at us now. <laughs> so it uh, didn't quite work out that way anyway. Yeah, yeah all True. three of us. I mean, I was in Jersey three hours ago. I'm in Jersey right now. <laughs> yeah. This well. is the new uh this is the new normal. So Rob, are you like I don't I mean I remember watching this movie a thousand times with you. Is this one of your like do you remember watching this movie being forced to watch this movie a lot when you were a kid? Being forced no. Like this was my jam when I was a kid. I, and it's ridiculous because I've recently rewatched it and I've realized that my fond memories of this movie were like 20% of what actually happened and I blacked out all the other stuff that was just stupid and ridiculous. Well, what's your fond memories? <laughs> like, uh, you know, like, uh, I think I was thinking of it like um, just the gear, like the gear, like everything that he drives a bulldozer into a surplus store and there's mm-hmm. a secret room in the back that has everything. And before that he had a secret tool shed, whatever, as ridiculous as that is, I think like, uh, later on in life like the matrix like was badass like getting your gear together going in was almost cooler than like the actual like fight scenes and i think it started with commando because there's yeah. just, like everything even to the the cheesy part where he's some reason in a speedo rowing a inflatable raft what an then- excuse to get uh mr olympian <laughs> naked yeah right almost you- na- i mean it, it's such a funny scene too because it's like towards the end of the movie yeah. And you haven't really seen his body yet. I mean, you've seen his arms. He's like yeah. fucking Jack the whole movie. <laughs> and but it's just a cut scene. It's like they're at they're in the plane and then they're out of the plane and he's half naked. Like there's no yeah. explanation. <laughs> there's no like they don't have to like explain it. They just go, here he is. Yeah. He's well, just, like were those tactical underwear that he got at the surplus store with that with <laughs> the rocket launcher? <laughs> They have to be. <laughs> yeah, you know to what's be funny is I actually, uh, I've, I've talked about this like a bunch. Like the the that those are my favorite parts of these movies too. Like it, at the same year is this is the same year that uh, uh, Rambo: First Blood Part Two came out. Yeah. And the scene where he's getting his gear ready in that movie is my favorite scene in that movie. And that's the scene when they show it on TV that they cut out to save a minute oh, on television editing. And it's funny because I tweeted the other day because I, I watched Commando three times since we in the last two weeks. I just have it on. I'm not like watched it three yeah. times in the last two weeks. I'm not studying weeks. it. I just have it on in the background. But um, this, is, this is how I know I got old is that I remember watching that scene of him getting all the guns. And I'm like, that's so rad. This time around, I'm like, 
he just put on brand new army pants in the heat. He's, <laughs> he didn't wash those or nothing. He's just yeah. going to walk around and brand. You ever try on brand new army pants? They're stiff. Like you can't wear those. No, but he first time out. Water. No, but it, it's just, I, I think like those were the fond memories. Cause then actually watching the action scene, like the big finality at the end is so laugh out loud, bad, <laughs> I, <laughs> especially like nowadays, I think like, you know, there's like, there's realism in video games and realism in like movies. And it's like, all right, these guys are elite and they're trained and they're better. And in this movie, he's a commando who's standing in the middle of an open field while 90 people are running at him on yeah. top of buildings, in the brushes, everything. And he's yes. just going side to side and mowing them down. And it's like when I was a little kid, it was like, well, he's good and they're not. And that's why that scene works. Right, right. No, it, you're exactly right. Like even I, like I am not a someone into you know war strategy games or anything and even i was just going like if i was playing grand theft auto right now i wouldn't have left myself so open yeah, he is in the middle of a field surrounded by yeah. like army level artillery just like totally exposed and he doesn't get hit once it's oh, not even yeah. it's not even there, close yeah there was one scene where the guy was like hiding and waiting to pop out in a hallway mm. and then the guy still gets the jump on him pops out and starts shooting and arnold is able to take a quarter turn and square up with the guy and then shoot him like, yeah he's, he's a the hero arrow. The only person who got one bullet was from Bennett, that badass Bennett. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a little laughable too. Jesus. This movie is, it's 1985, so this is like, this is the movie that really is the template for the 80s action movie. Yeah. Like, 80, like you had, like, Schwarzenegger did the, uh, he did the uh, Terminator movie and he did Conan, but this is really the movie that, like, is the template for Arnold Schwarzenegger as an action star. Peter, and I gotta ask did, you. I gotta ask you. Can you stop hitting the table? Oh, it's, I'm sorry. It's, it's fucking infuriating. <laughs> and, you know, it's this, just and, it's, and, you just hear it. It's it like people are gonna get very annoyed. And it's that. funny because Rambo. I actually I actually wrote this in my phone. Uh, Rambo became an action star. Schwarzenegger was born into it. Yeah. Like Rambo started as like a you know like a real movie like a real drama and then it became like the first First Blood is a real like great dramatic film. Sorry, I thought you meant like Stallone started that way, not that's what I Rambo. Well, that, but like, no, but also that, but, but also <laughs> that that's true too. Like Stallone, you know, with Rocky and like you know he was doing movies and stuff. He in the by eighty five he became this like action star. Schwarzenegger was just always he was a that. robot, and then he was a guy with ridiculously hilarious one liners in yeah. his action debut. Which it's you know there's a lot episode. of yeah, like, funny shit in this. I mean the the whole kill oh, you yeah. last. It was so funny going back and rewatching those scenes because I've heard it on our theme song a hundred times now, and now yeah. to go back and actually, it yeah. it was actually weird, especially the um, when he drops Sully and you hear the the screaming, like yeah. it was kind of jarring to actually hear it back in the movie. Doesn't it <laughs> yeah. sound so fake? It sounds yeah. like it, oh, you, yeah. because I've heard it a million times. Not in that context. It's just a part of our intro theme. I mm -hmm. it was so out of place to hear it. I could tell how how just obviously fake that scream was. Like I don't know, there was just no effort into like he's falling into like what a canyon. Yeah, it, just, it doesn't sound like that at all. It, um, it's crazy. They, they pulled things <laughs> off in this movie that were just so laugh out loud funny. Yeah. The, like the telephone pole. Like uh, so, Sully's car flips mm -hmm. and then it's perfectly fine. But mm -hmm. the other red car like goes full speed and crashes into a telephone pole. Oh, yeah. And then it's a cutscene, and then they're just sitting there perfectly fine. I'm like. 
that little like that little woman would have gone through the windshield and off the cliff. They hit it going about ninety five miles an hour head on, and 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 it's not even a cutscene. He just he they show the car colliding, and then Arnold sticks his right arm out. And he goes, "Are you okay?" And she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> she's not even sweating. Like. Yeah, that should have really set me up for the fact that bullets wouldn't work against him either. How about yeah. the fact that your your intro to Arnold is him carrying a tree? Like that oh, tells yeah. you everything that you need to know about the movie. I actually rolled my eyes the minute I turned this movie oh, on because I didn't know I hadn't seen it before. So I'm watching it, and and I know what it's gonna be generally about and i know it's in our intro theme and you know all that and i've seen clips and and just watching the intro montage of him carrying logs i was like oh man but Wait, then the so Alex, got this was better. your first time watching it this week for sure no oh, yeah. shit oh yeah oh, man i i oh. saved it i saved it because i knew we were going to do this and i wanted it to be the first time i watched it that's wild yeah, yeah this movie was a big i mean i have the blue right now but you know, so this past year was the first time like watching it in probably twenty years. But I watched it, I don't know, probably a hundred times. Yeah, this was uh, in a very small rotation of of movies that I watched all the time too. And, Rob, do you uh, remember when we? Because I, I mean, I remember like I, I guess it's, it's interesting like how your memory can trick you. When we were little, like were we just was it just whatever popped up on TV that we just watched um, these movies a hundred times or? I don't know if this is one that I would have just popped up. This might have been one that was like recorded on a on a VHS. So it was yeah. like it was like somehow either it was I don't know on like a late night premiere, and they still probably didn't show everything, but like we had it recorded. I don't think I ever saw like a Commando actual like case or cover or anything. Yeah, but, no, it was because like Channel Eleven was big for me when I was a kid, and there was always these movies but there 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 are ones that definitely stand out like empire strikes back i had on vhs yeah back to back to the future i had on vhs but um yeah i mean cause robert is 9 years younger than me so obviously his experience of this but i try to be i, was I mean there's ask, a certain i was asking certain, him before the uh before sorry to cut you off uh, i was asking him before the the show uh started when you walked away i was like where are you the older or younger brother oh no uh, because oh, you were no, you were because you, you were struggling with technology as you do and yeah. he was like, do you always, and Rob over here was like, do you always have to deal with this? And I was like, absolutely, you know? Yeah. And uh, he, so I was curious to see if he was the, and, uh, and I was like, let, he was like, let's save it for the pod and we're going to. So nine years younger, that, that I wouldn't have guessed. You seem closer in age than that, whether yeah. it's that you guys both look in your thirties, you know, I would say Peter, Peter somehow, despite, you know, both of you guys, despite being bald, you still look younger than, Thanks. especially, I- especially Peter. Yeah, being like forty-one to, now. Yeah, it's Peter's, uh, you know, stress-free lifestyle. That's really. But you were no responsibility to do this. Allowed him to keep that youth, whereas I'm the younger but more responsible, boring, <laughs> older brother. That's I love that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah. No, so wow, it's interesting. So nine. So wait, what year were you born then, Rob? Eighty-eight. 88. So you were born after this movie came out. Yeah. But you guys still watched it together. That is interesting. Yeah. Someone well, must have taped it. Yeah, no, that it has to be because realistically, like Pete was heading off to college when I was nine years old. So oh, wow, yeah. So you figure, I mean, probably other than like summers and other stuff, but I definitely got exposed to it, and then it was you know in the rotation to watch all the time. I probably I mean, like Big up. Trouble Little China is again. I don't think something I picked up on my own. So <laughs> yeah, Peter, you just corrupted your younger yeah. brother. I mean, like you definitely molded him into an '80s action movie fan. I mean. Yeah. If I know you at all. 
But yeah. also, like, we watched Hitchcock movies together. We watched yeah. Kubrick. I introduced you to Kubrick and all that kind of stuff. I was like, a, I was very much like, you know, oldest of four, like, loud Italian household. Mm-hmm. I would go hide and watch movies a lot to, to, to have, like, my quiet time. But then with Rob, I would introduce him to, I would have, Rob, watch this. And it would be yeah. The Shining or Barry Lyndon or something like that. You know, it's something yeah. weird. Because, that I liked. especially because most of the other times, like, I was too young to watch anything else, right? Like I'm the youngest of four and the next is five years older. So like Mm. they would be allowed to watch something and like I wouldn't. I remember like the whole family watching Last of the Mohicans and I like tried to like sneak in during one of the scenes. And it's like this one memory of like seeing this one scene of like Last of the Mohicans before I was kicked out. And now like that's one of my favorite movies and I've watched that more times than Commando. And it's Mm. like when the family watched that movie, I was, you know, I was too young to watch it. Yeah, it's also one of my favorite. One of my favorite. I don't. Do we need yeah. do less than the Heatkins on here? Did we? No, we should no. do it. Right, I know maybe. because I've never seen it. So. Maybe oh, if I get uh, invited back. Yeah, <laughs> that would be another one to do. I fucking love that movie. You know, um, and and the similarity for both of them, as ridiculous as it is, is completely misplaced music that just works. Right. So oh, last yeah. Heatkins theme, like how you know a good movie. Like I used to joke about this with my one friend. Like you know, like it's good from that era. Is like it just has a song that they play a couple different like versions and speeds throughout the whole movie. And like last of the Mohicans is this like, like Scottish, like Highland song that they're playing while they run through the woods. And then in commando, it's like steel drums and saxophone. Well, he's what was that him. music? <laughs> so that's it. So when he's first that. walking through the woods with the log, it's just steel <laughs> drums. I'm like, what the <laughs> So that's interesting. So that guy, the, the composer is uh, James Horner, who went on to like win Oscars and and to do like a bunch of. I think he did Titanic, okay, and a bunch of other. Uh, I think yes. So he's like responsible for like the highest grossing movie score of all time. But yeah, yeah this movie, it's like again. I, I took it. I actually watched it today. Took a nap and woke up to that music playing. Yeah, it's, it's intense. It's it's odd. It is, and odd. then it's funny because at the very it end of the plays, movie, there's just there's <laughs> just work. at the very very end for the credits, there's just one like hair metal band song yeah. for no reason. <laughs> they didn't play one regular rock song the entire movie, not at all. And then you're yeah. gonna close the movie and just play some bullshit like hair metal song because he does that look back to the general to say like never again or whatever. Yeah, it's just like you need that whatever walk off into the sunset into the babe's arms like whatever scene i guess steel drums didn't work yeah another thought i had watching it today and i actually was googling so and i've I've brought him up before but this is like joel silver is the producer who's responsible for a lot of these movies i notice his name now yeah so because you always point him out and he's been parodied like if you watch rob if you watch tropic thunder like the the tom cruise character is basically joel silver Okay. And if you watch, if you watch True Romance, the the producer that he sells the luggage of cocaine to, like that's basically Joel Silver too. Okay. Okay. So this guy, and so the thought I had watching this movie today is this movie wasn't so much written and directed as it was produced. Mm -hmm. Like they said, you know what? We have Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're gonna make him into a star. Let's just, you know, get a director and a writer to put something together, and we'll just work to Arnold's strengths. And I mean, I to this day I don't know the fucking name of the director or the writer, and that's my yeah. that's my thing is knowing who the screenwriters and the yeah. directors oh, are. Yeah, always. And, but like, I'm not the movie buff that like Peter is. Like, I don't. I mean, I go down an IMDb rabbit hole every once in a while, but like, it's just the attention span for that moment. Like, I don't link this all together and remember it. Yeah. And but like, just thinking about that, but like, what writers would need to do to make it, and I just 
I just like multiple times was like, if I wrote this script today, you would be like laughed out of anything oh, yeah. major. <laughs> like this would be like, I'd fail like, like creative writing class in, in, like, in high, like school. high school. Yeah. Yeah. This would <laughs> yeah. not pass yeah. high school. But it no does way. have, I mean, the, to me, my, my favorite part was always up until he got to the island. Yeah. yeah and honestly. that is the best stuff. Cause that's, that's really the, like the cool, I mean, you have two of my favorite, like Sully and well, and, uh, is David, um, David Patrick Kelly is one of my fucking yeah. all time favorites. He's the kill you last guy. Yep. He's great in, in like five minute scene and he's great in everything he does. Yep. And then the black guy is Bill Duke, another one of my he's all good. time favorites. He's good in this. He's, he's actually really good in this. He's in Predator. He's he's like yeah. a big imposing guy who's scary. Yeah, he also has gone on to like direct movies and stuff and, and Dude, um, his eyes freak me. Are, is it yeah, just yeah. me? His eyes are so large. There's something about his eyes. He's somebody that what just standing there silently is yes. so imp- in, so imposing. Yeah. Like has such an unbelievable screen presence. He looks like he yeah. could just stare at a truck and it would explode. He, like, it was, the truck would stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like something. Like, yeah, something bad yeah. would happen. Yeah, but, yeah, but that that's a good point, Pete. And I think that goes like uh, like how much of this movie I forgot. There are so many like smaller action packed scenes before mm. it gets to the island. Like I think I remembered like the like him escaping the plane and then he got to the mall and then he got the guns and then he went to the island and like there was so much more like on second watch of like him like going to the hotel room and having like a fight to the death there and then they go to like the aircraft hangar and he's like going through like this whole army surplus like warehouse it's like all these things I I missed that part. Like yeah, he almost goes to the jail. They, yeah. they they have him in the and then she, <laughs> she somehow the, figures out how to use a bazooka. Crazy. She oh, has man. a rocket launcher and she shoots it backwards the first time. Yeah, so she didn't hey. know what she was doing. She was a badass though. Yeah, she wasn't just great. like a damsel in distress, right? No, like, no, uh, no. Getting shit done, blowing up. Uh, One of my favorite bands. things is um he looks what so they break into the the hangar and they're trying to figure out where his daughter is hidden and he sees the map. And he basically like figures out like oh, it, it, oh is it the straight line from here to the island? That must be. Yeah, it's I literally, have so he, like, did, many problems with he how deduced, he knows where he's going. It's like this eleven longitude. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's like he, he looks at the map. He goes longitude, and then he, it's like what are you talking about? You're, you're inviting the audience in to understand what's going on. Longitude. Do you remember that word? <laughs> it was like wait. What? And then they literally, I mean, you could use some exposition. Was it exposition? Yeah, exposition yeah. to explain how he knows where he's going. Every step he takes is the right step somehow, but it yeah. makes no sense. There's no logic. Oh, it must be this island because yeah. it's, it, there's a map here at this location that we're at now. I mean, it's all just so. And then when he gets I mean, to the island, yeah. he just gets off and he knows exactly where to row. That was another part, but it wasn't even that. It was like he got off, and then he's like all the way, like a mile away, looking through binoculars at the camp. And then four minutes later, he's blowing it up. And you're like, I thought there was like time pressure, and they were gonna find out any second that the kid, the 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 daughter was gone. But yeah, hey, it all worked. Another like another favorite like Arnold moment is at the beginning when he (laughs) he goes to the Bronco. He like all like oh, yeah. a, a good director would have him go to the Bronco, look in the hood, and go. All right, clearly the engine is no good. But right. he pulls up the wires. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> he's got, like he's got to show us. Yeah. Like, I didn't understand that. I was like, wait, wait, wait. So they so this car has a bunch of wires in the front. Yeah, what did they do? Did they take the, the entire engine out? Like, what yeah. did they do? And then because, he, 
<laughs> Sorry, go on, go on, go ahead. I'm just saying, like, you get the point. Like, so obviously crazy. the car is out of commission, but, like, the holding of the wires to, like, really hammer home what's yeah. going on is hilarious. It is. It is hilarious to watch some of the some of the stuff that's, you know, you could, you if you're a real serious person and you take your life super seriously and everything you watch is has to make perfect sense, I mean, you're probably a, a complete bore but yeah. i mean i would understand why you would hate this movie if, if that is your but you have to be able to watch this and go this is fantastic for how silly and how, oh. how much they didn't care about like making it logical like at all yeah and it's it's even like um it, it's so amazing because it like i thought that they were going to care at first like him like smelling the bad guys, him hearing oh, the helicopter right. before it came and then him smelling the bad guys. And that's how he knew to like get in the house when they ambushed him was like, mm. oh, this guy's a badass. Like he can like taste like evil in the air. And then to go to like just the ridiculous shit he was doing was like, nah, never mind. This is like, you know, it's just whatever. He's invincible and it's, it's awesome. But yeah. I, I think like rewatching that beginning, I almost like got tricked into thinking that they were going to make him a little bit more serious and not a caricature we should walk through the plot because i think like there's a sure. lot of stuff yeah. that like so the movie starts he's clearly like an ex like special forces guy or something yeah. living it starts with killing three people with oh that's right that's, oh my god i'm so sorry yeah so there's there's three murders that we don't understand what what is going on um, and then it cuts to, uh, which also, also like three badass murders. The fucking, the, I, to this day, I always remember the garbage. I, I, yeah. I get, I feel bad for the fucking guy taking his garbage out and getting killed. Yeah. He just stayed in the house. He wouldn't have gotten killed. That's also very suspect. Okay. Let's break that down. <laughs> it's the opening scene of the movie. We're, the idea is we're going to catch, we're going to kill this guy by driving a garbage truck around his neighborhood on a day up all of the garbage on a day when it's not garbage day if the first line of the movie is garbage it's tuesday maybe Meaning, they change the schedule yeah the implication is this guy was like wow i can't believe the garbage truck is here so the idea yeah. that just driving the garbage truck around is gonna elicit this guy to come out of his house and then when he does shoot him point blank i mean what if he never came out? What if this guy doesn't care about taking his garbage out? I mean, then then Plan B. What, what, what do you try what again on this? Thursday? I mean, yeah, what, legitimately. What, what if he's a normal person who's like, all right, shit, I'll just I'll just have to put this out the next garbage day, yeah. right? And not run and out run of after. my bed. Yeah, and he's yeah. got a hot girlfriend who's in it for like two seconds, but whoever she is, she's a babe. Yeah. Don't leave your yeah, bed. Yeah, and then and then uh, Bill Duke decides to steal a car by murdering the car salesman. Yeah. yeah. And driving it through a plate glass window. There's no way that, that you know, there would be any police suspicion. If, you, if you're going to steal a car, that's the one the cops are going to be looking for. The one well, that I mean, he, murdered he, a guy. Yeah, he meant to murder that guy. That was another guy. Like, that oh, was yeah, one was of the it? special forces guys. Yeah, that was the whole thing. Which is another oh. ridiculous thing because his plan to murder this guy was to run him over with the car. If the guy steps out of the way, like, mission failed. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And instead, yeah, because they they rattle off three names of like the murders or the people that were murdered, and the third one's Bennett, who's obviously surprise, surprise, still surprise, alive. surprise. Yeah. You know what's what's interesting is at the time, since this was my first time seeing the movie, I didn't quite get that the objective was to kill the car dealership guy 
in the beginning. I didn't get it till just this moment. Because yeah, I didn't realize it till right now. You've seen it yeah. five hundred times. But yeah. they uh I just thought he was stealing the car, but you're right. They they do explain that the three people he killed, there was a reason and they were part of the special forces. So yeah. what a what a what a uh fortunate sequence of events for that guy that the car dealership, the car salesman put his life on the line, <laughs> threw <laughs> his body in front of a car. A I mean, of course that's going to happen. Yeah. That's excellent branding. Mm-hmm. There was I a like lot of like, true, actually. there was a lot of, um, the eighties had a lot of brutal murders of seemingly innocent guys. Yeah. Like Robocop yeah, when the guy, yeah. when the, when the, when they're testing the machine and it murders the guy in the office building, like that that's scene, a great scene. those, those scenes like remind me of each other. It's, it's always like, it's horrific. Because it seems like it's like a regular work environment, and then all of a sudden, a regular dude in a suit is getting yeah. murdered in a very strange, not normal way. That's yeah, similar with the mall scene. Uh, we're jumping ahead, but like just those cops who are like the you know the uh, I'm forgetting her name the the stewardess Ray, Ray Don Chong. Yeah, I know that's her like uh, her actual name, but oh, I don't know what her name in the movie. Is. <laughs> no so, so we're gonna be last stewardess Chong. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Realize that. Um, yeah. So the the stewardess is the one who set the cops on Arnold and created this whole fiasco. Yes. And then created this whole scene. And then these cops are being murdered in like broad daylight. Like I think there were five different cops that died, like mm-hmm. in the mall. They're yeah. mall cops. Yeah. But that's you know that, like that was a hell of a series of events, and that's just like you know you're snapping it's over and you're back yeah. on. But like those were brutally murdered innocent uh, innocent bystanders if you will so to get back to the order like we find arnold he's you living could set in the this woods. story up in two sentences yeah so about, he's living in the yeah. woods his daughter is Alyssa milano she gets oh kidnapped. really yeah, i didn't know that i i couldn't serious? tell i yeah, couldn't tell that's, it was hers she that's Alyssa milano she yeah. gets kidnapped uh it turns out his old special forces buddies are the ones that are trying to lure him back into doing a job i guess is a blackmail that which also yes. doesn't make sense. So he was in special forces. He was responsible for overthrowing this guy of some Latin American country. I don't know if they actually said the country. I think and it's a made-up country, yeah. yeah. And so then that that president was in place. And so now the whole plot is to really, I guess, stick it to him and ruin and besmirch him. He's the one who's going to get close to that president and kill him so that the other guy can, I guess, get back his power. So it was like a personal thing about like uh commando john matrix being the one to go there versus like i guess bennett killing him or something yeah so now so the whole movie is him like he very quickly figures out where all in the world wherever in the world his daughter could possibly be he figures out immediately that she's yeah. on an island well, and I, so the how? whole movie that, well, okay how well, yeah all right because yeah, first he has to jump off of a, an airplane. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we have to. So if we're doing the plot, which is another one of like just five different things, which are like, uh, how did this? How did this work? He murdered the guy, and the guy. First thing, he murders the guy sitting next to him in coach. But the hat doesn't fall off for an eleven-hour flight. No. Phenomenal. No turbulence. Nothing. nothing. And he, he goes to the back, and the woman stops him, and he's like, uh, "I'm acid." And then she just lets him go. Right. <laughs> Air sick. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes and opens like this cage with like dogs barking and just walks right by. Like, would that not alert other people? Like, hey, there's an open door with dogs barking back mm-hmm. here. But whatever. So then he rips through, gets on the the plane like um, tire. And he's just nonchalantly holding on. Uh, I was watching this with Jess, my fiance, and I'm like, hey, uh, 
that plane's going 300 miles an hour. <laughs> it's just yeah. a ridiculous premise. And he, he jumps and he lands by some like weeds and some like a water. marsh. And yeah. it immediately cuts to him. It's the same way the the, the car accident where he, they hit the, the telephone yeah. pole. It immediately cuts to him safely sitting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. I mean, he falls like a hundred feet. Like, yeah. It's not a and small then, thing. But this is why this is a perfect action movie because the movie is just his single-minded. He has to save his daughter, and he has a time limit to do it. Right. Yeah. It's like basically, a taken. Like yeah. That. Basically, yeah. when when the plane lands on the island, they're gonna realize that Arnold escaped. So he has the duration of the flight to find his yeah, daughter. He has eleven then, hours, which is a yeah. good element of this movie. Yeah. And the yeah. movie is just him single-mindedly, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get my daughter. Correct. But I mean, think, like, just even, like, I don't know, maybe that was, like, a badass thing at the time that, like, he could set his watch with, like, a countdown and then they have, like... Uh, <laughs> they made a know, point of showing the watch. Right? Yeah, but, like, even that beep, like, <laughs> countdown, you're just like, oh, shit, this is, this is it. Like, it was innovative back thinking. in the day, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But that was amazing. And then he somehow runs through the airport runway, whatever, and finds Sully, uh, you know, through the crowd wearing that amazing Sully suit uh, mm -hmm. at the page. Yeah. So, yeah. And was, so uh, Sully is being a creep to this, like, I guess she's, well, I, I thought she was just black, like full she black. She is. You know who she is, Alex? She's is Tommy she? Chong's daughter. Really? Yeah. So she is black. And I guess, I mean, Tommy Chong is Chinese. and Is maybe, he Chinese? I always mixed. thought he was just like a white guy that was like a stoner. So she, like, watching this movie again. Man, like, I'm fucking Asian, dude. Radon Chong is, in this movie, is, like, my platonic ideal of the perfect woman. I know you. you Light-skinned black girl. Yeah, but yeah. not even just that. She's, like, that is yeah, a she, big part like she's of very thing, emotional right, at first. But Arnold, as, like, the alpha male, gets her to calm down and do what he wants her to do. And then she turns out to be a fucking badass. When, yeah. when the chips are down, she really pulls through. Well, she's the real victim why, why in this story. Why is that platonic? So she's. She wanted to just be her her really good friend. No, no, I'm saying like in like with Plato is describing like the the yeah. Perfect. He's talking about Plato. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, but, uh, but everyone in the world had a smaller Rob, brain than Peter. No, no, no. Everyone in the world thought he meant Platonic because yeah. Peter talks in these fucking ancient classical literary terms. That yeah, I like as in like always the, the perfect ideal, like the yeah. ancient Greek like philosophical ideal of of a female partner that you would want. Of a man yeah. and a female, yeah. She looked just like the ancient Greeks. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what um, is it? Oh, she, no. I was going to say she looked, I thought you were saying she looked like something. No, she looked like, she was a, Radon Chong had a nice little career there for the, for a while in the 80s. I swear and I thought you were going to say a nice little ass. She, I swear I thought uh, you were going to say. She's sexy. She yes. famously, um, she discovered Chris Pratt. Really? It was a weird story. He was a waiter at a restaurant in Hawaii. And he, he waited. Was? Yeah, he waited. What on, was he, he was, doing there? He was like a layabout. He was like living out of a van. I remember famously this story. He was working as a waiter at a restaurant. It might have been, like, to be honest, it might have been Bubba Gump Shrimp, Honolulu or something like that. And Radon Chong was his, like he waited on her. And she thought that he was funny and she put him in a movie. And that's, that's what started his acting career. Yeah, she thought that he was funny. Listen, Wait. I don't want to. I don't want to think impure thoughts about Ray Dunn. Piping her, and, and now he's married to Arnold Schwarzenegger's. Like, oh, daughter? that's right. Like, Who? how how ridiculously full circle is that? Right? Wow. He? he just married Arnold's daughter. He, yeah, he divorced um, Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris, and then I think he married yeah Schwarzenegger's daughter. That's I didn't correct. know he was married to Schwarzenegger. Wow. So if it wasn't for that that interaction of Bubba Gump Shrimp, he doesn't get famous and marry Ray Dunn's uh, co-star. 
that's, yeah. that's pretty That's uh, a pretty wild pretty story, fantastic. Peter. That's how Hollywood works, man. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, like, I love, like I said, Bill Duke is, I mean, if, if you watch uh, Predator, he's amazing in Predator. Uh, he has one scene in this movie, Mandy, that came out two years ago with Nicolas Cage that I fucking love. He's just one of those guys, like, you, you get, like, little bits of him, but he's so fucking good. And 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 David Patrick Kelly is amazing. He David Patrick Kelly is in John Wick. That's when I, when I, when I saw him in John Wick, I'm like, this movie fucking rules. He's he's the guy who when John Wick kills all the people in his house and he calls for cleaning, he's the he's the head cleaning guy. Okay. In the original John Wick, but he's been around forever. He did a movie that I I tell everybody about that no one has seen. Uh, it's called Dreamscape, and it's Randy Quaid. It's basically Inception before Inception. So Randy Quaid and 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 David Patrick Kelly are able to enter dreams, but Dennis Quaid is doing it for good, and David Patrick Kelly is evil. And so they're literally fighting in in other people's dreams. So it's it's and they had obviously they had none of the technology that Inception had, but the plot is actually much better than Inception's plot. It's a fucking amazing. If they had the cool. if they had the 2010s technology, then that movie would be like considered all time fucking amazing. As it is, it's still pretty great. Prime but, for um, remake. That's and then you have, I mean, Ray Don Chong, I fucking love. And then Dan H- Dan Hedaya is is the bad guy, is the is the dictator, who's a, an amazing fucking actor. That was just like I recognize this bad guy face. Yes, like, that's what that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know where you would, was. You know where you would recognize him from? He's the dad in Clueless. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Where, that's where I recognize. But he's done a million. Oh yeah, he's one of those guys that's been in a million things. He's actually he's in the he's in the uh, the Coen Brothers' very first movie. This movie called Blood Simple, which I love too. But okay. he's one of those guys that's been around forever, and uh, he's not great in this movie. But it's still kind of fun to have him. There's not much he does. Yeah, that yeah. 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 And then Bennett is Ver- Bennett yes. is Vernon Wells, who's an Australian actor who was. This will blow you away, Rob. He's the guy in he's he's the guy in Road Warrior yeah. on the motorcycle. Yeah, the the crazy guy with the the uh, the with blonde the boyfriend. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Guy so he, he goes nuts. So he he played a lot of like sort of homoerotic bad guys in the eighties. They're always homoerotic about Bennett. You mean the metal the, and the chainmail and the chainmail shirt? <laughs> what? Have, oh, can we talk about this? Yeah. What? What was the was thinking behind so his character? So laugh out loud, bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's really bad at the end, dude. And, and you know what? And listen, I'm uh, I'm uh, not the thinnest of the Garachis, if you will. And this guy just like has a paunch yeah. <laughs> under the chainmail. Like, if you were gonna be, if he was gonna be like Arnold Jr., maybe this outfit would have worked. But if your thighs are rubbing together while you're walking in leather pants, like yeah. you're like not wearing the right outfit. No, he was a tubby kid. Who was supposed to be like There's this warrior? Yeah. yeah, and he was—he was like at the end, the acting and the script was so atrocious. Like it combined to create this like I—I I was like out of my body. I couldn't believe what I was watching. <laughs> what is the that mo- line he says? Like I can kill you. I'm gonna yeah. get rid of the gun. It's like, yeah. wait, yeah, why yeah. would he do that? John, what? John, I'm gonna yeah, kill yeah. you, John. Yeah, it, oh. I don't need this gun. Yeah. What is he doing? Like, what What was any of that? What were the motivations for any yeah. of that? The, the, the thing that's, that's funny about the thing that's funny about this time period is that like Arnold and and Stallone as like that the bodybuilder body was very unique to them. So oh, they were even, like the like, only people. Yeah. So like so even like if you look at like Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon or Kurt Russell in these early movies, like they're just like skinny cut guys. 
Yeah. So so there was no there was no bad guy that looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger then. It all, but now yeah. like every fucking you know now Ben Stiller is more jacked yeah. than Kurt Russell was in the fucking eighties. It's weird. That, that was now, like ben, now Ben Stiller's doing roids for like Meet the Parents Four or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, why do they all do roids? All actors do that, roids now. It's crazy because it's because it's a shortcut and they're not yeah. playing competitive sports. That's so, true. well, yeah. and look no and look at Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt got famous as a paunchy guy in a sitcom, yeah. and yeah. now he's a fucking jacked action star. He's not even that jacked anymore, though. He really oh, he, I mean, I haven't seen him in a little while, but yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, there's no, a I, lot like. It's a, the movie is it's this is a fun, yeah. Like oh my god, so much fun. is like very charming. He's very funny, yes. and and I think he's he, I think it's like a, his one liners. Like he's got like, a lot of one liners. He's funny. Um, can we talk about? I just want to view this from just just uh, we haven't really we've mentioned her, but just um, the true victim of this story is the woman who just the entire from the start of the movie is just dragged into this by these by this. A creepy man who uh yeah. what's his name again the the suit the guy with the awesome suit oh, oh Shelly. Sully. Sully. Sully Sully yeah 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 he is just creeping on her not leaving her alone follows her to her car and like creepily is like I need to fuck you or whatever and then yeah. she he does let her go she gets in her car and then immediately Schwarzenegger's like taking the door off her car he's like you have to believe me you must believe me and it's like I get that we're following the hero of the story we're following Arnold but I mean he's a complete monster in this he puts her in harm's way there's fucking yeah. gun fights multiple times where she could have died for no reason I mean I get it. he's putting his daughter first but yeah. it's just like it, it doesn't make sense why she's so happy to be along for this. No, time. I mean you're spot on. Like he could have explained the whole daughter part. Yes. While they're chasing the guy, she, he didn't do that until after the whole cop like debacle. Like, right. Could could have maybe won her to your side, and instead he was just kind of an asshole to her. Um, like force these commands. So yeah, why wouldn't she go to the cops for after that nightmare half hour she just had with her kidnapper? Right. I know. Uh, it's yeah. crazy. I like, but that. <laughs> That's what I like about Arnold. Like that's, like that that kind of man doesn't exist. Like he does no emotion, no explanation. He yeah. just he just takes charge. And like back then, <laughs> Why it was is like that kind good? of I'm sorry. It was kind of I, like, I get it. It's like a mystique thing. But it yeah. was kind of understood that you just like that that guy. He's not going to be like a whiny bitch about well, stuff. He's like, well, I have like to do- yeah. There's no time to explain. You can't like take your cell phone out and make a phone call and like get the exposition. It's just like. Mm. Here's this guy, and he's not talking. So I remember this is a, this is a weird <laughs> like tan- this yes. is a weird tangent. But I remember reading a, like a psychology article about PTSD and war, and they found that the guys that got PTSD weren't the ones that saw the worst shit. It was the ones that had the least amount of control over their environment. So, for example, if you're a sniper, you had you didn't have PTSD. But if you were like stationed where there were you know explosions going on, and you you kind of you're always like waiting for the next explosion. Those yeah. are the people that tend to have really bad PTSD. And like watching like watching her try to fly the plane and she's like, we can't do this. And Schwarzenegger just going, like just taking control. Like yeah. that's the guy like that never had, like he, he's like free of trauma and free of emotion. He's just like, I'm single-minded and nothing is going to stand in my way. Yeah. So And that kind of like, yeah. we've kind of bred that out of us. 
<laughs> I was going to say it was an interesting tidbit because uh, before it was PTSD, it used to be called shell shock. Yeah. So maybe that was something with yeah people just being bombed all the time. And well, that's and that's where it comes from. Yeah. yeah. From so, World War Two. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they was literally yeah. hearing um, the ringing and shit inside your helmet or whatever, right? Yeah. Shell shocked. I'm yeah, pretty sure yeah, it's something so. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So we jump ahead and scene because now we're talking about the seaplane, and I almost wanted to just get into that fun part. But I yeah, mean, we've been going all over the place. Basically, what you have to understand if you've never seen this movie is you should watch it. It's only ninety minutes, but also yeah, it's amazing. It's basically it's Arnold going after his kid who's been kidnapped, and they're doing it because they want him to carry out like an assassination. But he knows that if he carries out the assassination, they're just going to kill his daughter anyway. So he's got to dupe them and get away, and he has about 11 hours because they think he's on a plane, and in that 11 hours, all of these scenes that we've been talking about happen, and eventually, <laughs> yeah. he is on eventually an island. he's in a black speedo. Yeah. Yes, and he kills a hundred people <laughs> at Probably, once. Yeah. yeah. Blows but, up two buildings. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. I can't use a circular saw to this day without thinking about him throwing the circular saw blade oh, yeah. at the guy, that guy in the shed. I swear yeah. to God, every time I, every time I see a circular saw, it's the first thing I think of. Yeah. So yeah, Alex. So, I, I, so all this whole series of murders is him trying to basically play detective with one piece of information and perfectly solving it every time, right? And he never <laughs> makes so, a misstep. So he he before he kills Sully, he finds a motel key that just happens to have the name of the motel. Boom! Yeah. Now he could kill Sully. Move on. <laughs> yeah. He kills the other guy, and uh, then they check his glove box, and there's a receipt for gas to fill a plane. Boom! Now they're finding the seaplane. Like it all makes sense if everything goes your way perfectly every time. That one is the biggest stretch to me. They find a receipt in the glove yeah. box for. <laughs> and a, she, yeah, she's like, I think this is where they buy parts for a plane. Yeah, because she, she's, she's like, ah, we're going. <laughs> she happens to be taking getting her pilot's license, and she knows that um, that's where they get fuel for the planes. <laughs> like that was it. So that and, means uh, that's where my daughter is. Like yeah. I don't understand the logical leap. Gotta there. do it. No, that's where they find the island because he used uh, oh, latitude. Right. Longitude. That's that that made me laugh <laughs> in the it. middle of you guys saying something else. I just <laughs> if you remember me burst out laughing, it's because I remember Arnold pointing his fat finger at the map going longitude. <laughs> and I and I had and I had the subtitles on when I was watching it. So it's just like a single word. And it really is out of place. It doesn't help. Now, now we know. <laughs> yeah, so so pretty much all those awesome scenes, he puts together the breadcrumbs, then yeah. he realizes he has to go to this island, so he has to go shopping which entails driving a bulldozer through like the, the storefront of an army surplus store and stocking up on all the badassest gear like imaginable. He doesn't even have to look for the bulldozer because it's just parked in the drive in the parking lot That's of right. a freestanding uh, army <laughs> surplus store that happens to have every every weapon known to mankind. Amazing. Well, that store, do you guys play Grand Theft Auto, the video game? Have you ever played the, the video I, like game? Like the original, like... Liberty City and, on yeah. PlayStation 2. So they had this thing called, uh, I think it's called Ammunation. And okay. it's a chain of where you buy guns in Grand Theft Auto. It's called Ammunation. It's in all the games. And uh, in the newer iterations of Grand Theft Auto, it's literally this store. I oh, mean, really? it's it, 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 it's like the same Everything. logo with the patriotic flag, and like you walk in and you could buy a rocket launcher, you could buy a fucking, you could buy yeah. a gun for a helicopter, you could just buy whatever you want. And I mean, I, I I could imagine myself watching this movie at eight years old and going, oh yeah, those stores must exist. 
Yeah. But when, now, when I, I mean, as, forward, where do I get the grenades? Like, I, where's the grenade store? You just reminded me because, because like, just just like Crazy. quicksand, plastic explosives was a big part of my childhood of things that yeah. quicksand. Yeah, it was in everything. It wasn't everything. Have now you ever it encountered it? It doesn't yeah. exist. I would I would actually read up on how to what to do in case I fell into quicksand because I was afraid I might have to face that. Not yeah. once. It hasn't come up once. A guinea from nope. Jersey, just worried about <laughs> just quicksand. <in> <laughs> One person heard about quicksand and they incorporated it into every cartoon and movie. And well, it was, it was, it was the, like this prevalent yeah. thing in the real when, world. When I was a kid, when we watched TV, when it came on, there were like cliffhanger episodes. There were to be continued episodes. Oh yeah. So it was the, the, like the end of the first episode of the to be continued was the like Magnum PI is in the quicksand the episode goes black. It says to be continued. And now you got to wait a week yeah. to find out what happens. And the best part is that every single one of those two-part episodes, they resolved the the thing in the first five minutes of the of second course. episode. And then the rest of the episode had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. <laughs> it, it happened a hundred times. Yeah. So, the other, so my favorite thing too, it reminded me just now, is whenever they're like getting the gear ready – like they and they're doing the explosives. They just switch it on and off again real yeah. quick. Just to check that the switch works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? It's, it, but I think it was like the sound effect appeal, right? It's like cycling the shotgun unnecessarily or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's just all of this interacting with your gear because if you actually did what you're supposed to do, it's just like boring. Like you don't right. do anything until you actually have to use it. You only have to cycle the gun one time and then it can shoot for the, you know like the whole clip and it's just like. We, I, everyone just wants to like see the you know the shotgun get pumped again. But that's what makes this stuff. Fun. I mean, that's what like makes all yeah. the John Wick movies fun and like and because they, they have to because then they have to just like go like and I was just rewatching John Wick three and he's like basically building a gun out of antique gun parts in the one scene to yeah. get one shot off. Like the scene doesn't make any sense, but it's fucking awesome because it's John Wick building a gun. Mm-hmm. And oh, and again, amazing. this this movie and First Blood Part two really. Like started that, like they paved the way for. Like, what do you think? Like, what do you think about the like the original Terminator, which I fucking love, and I actually prefer to T two. Like Kyle Reese shows up naked. He has to steal clothes, and he gets one shotgun, and like that's all he needs to take on you know a monster from the future that's unstoppable. As as you go in time, like they always have to like constantly up the stakes, up the stakes, up the stakes. But like when you get right down to it, like. It's just one guy with a gun chasing another guy with a gun. Yeah, and that's yeah. what's like that's what's so like that's why these movies are timeless because you can just jump right back in and watch this. And yeah, you can laugh about like ah ha ha like you know, look at the you know, he had a digital watch instead of an iPhone for fuck he didn't put he didn't like put set the timer on his iPhone. Yeah. But at the same time it's just such like a pure like man versus man thing that'll that'll never get dated. That's what I love about this shit. Ninety minutes at the edge of my seat. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it yeah never, the movie never stopped. Like you could have made a two-hour and ten-minute Commando, which well, would suck. Which would a, not be di- good with a diner scene. Yes, where he's where he cries to Ray <laughs> Tonshaw. I mean, literally though. This like no being in 2020 and knowing what we know about how everybody ended up. My question also is: Was Alyssa Milano worth it? Would you, you do this? Oh, for, for Alyssa Milano? I mean... Because even, even then, at the very end, when he She does her, end up doing a couple of good movies. She, well, she did a couple of, what, like Poison Ivy 2 or something like that? She did some, like, soft, soft porn I have stuff. No, with, I, I, no, I don't mean porn. I mean no, it was like actual not movies. Porn, but it was, like, real stuff. 
What are you talking know. about? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not old enough. I don't think to know. I anything. honestly, I know the name Alyssa Milano, but I couldn't rattle off like movies she's been in. I just oh, um, to be someone. Wasn't she in fucking? Am I thinking of the wrong person now? You think you're probably thinking Winona Ryder? No, 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 no. Hold on, I'm going on Alyssa Milano's uh, IMDb. She did right the now. TV show Charmed, which is where she met Rose right. McGowan. So that's their connection. She was Who's the Boss? She was the daughter of Who's the Boss, which is really. The biggest uh-huh. thing that she did. Oh, I'm being very stupid. I was thinking, for some reason, I guess when you mentioned Clueless earlier, I was thinking oh, Alicia, Alicia Silverstone? Silverstone. Why were they oh, thinking about her? yeah. Yeah, I, I think Clueless is great, so I was about to be uh, it's like, a great well, movie. it was worth it yeah. for that. But She yeah. does, at the end of this movie, when Arnold hugs her, and he's like, and the general's like, we're, you're going to come back, and he's like, I'll never come back. She gives this smirk, yeah, like this self-satisfied, like I have daddy wrapped in my, around my finger, I wanted to. I wanted Arnold to throw her in the fucking bay at the end of the movie. Jenny, why? She, <laughs> she's she's not like an innocent little girl. She's watched her dad murder countless people, and she has like, like a, and throw a pipe it. through a guy's chest. She likes watching it. It's not yeah. really like uh, an innocent girl that gets ice cream having a movie star. It is pretty cool that she like you know they give her something to do, like her that's figuring true. out how to like turn the doorknob into a fucking pick to open up the wall. Like yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty fucking cool. Awesome but yeah, time. she like I like if I had to spend the rest of my life like living in the mountains raising her and the alternative was to like lead a coup on a tropical island, I'd be like, all right, I don't like murder and stuff, but yeah. I'm not gonna fucking live with this bitch for the rest of my life. You missed it though. Like he's obviously did that for like 25 years. Oh he's yeah, a man, he's burned he was out. a man who's killed as many people as he needed to kill. And they brought him back to do more killing. Which is also like, the premise like- <laughs> of every amazing fucking... I mean, that's just John Wick. That's take, like Every one of those movies is the same fucking but guy. That's exactly... And all of them are like, all right, I did that for a very long time. And I'm very good at it. And now I just want some peace and quiet. So they are not you, Pete. Like, Pete, you did not do that for a very long time. <laughs> I, I feel like I missed that part of my life. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, that could be my post-corona fucking career. That, that's why no, like, uh, you know ex-people from your squad are trying to kidnap your daughter to, to get you to complete a very specific job. Where did I go wrong? <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah, eating chip, which is... <laughs> <laughs> not working out as much as Arnold. That was it. That was your shot. Not I'm spending, my, eight, not spending my, my uh, 80s getting jacked. You could have been at the Jersey Shore. I'm trying to think if there was anything... Oh, um, so, yeah, so they get to the island, ridiculous, a billion kill scenes... The fight scene with with Bennett, where he gets thrown into the electrified fence yeah. and then springs off with like like Hulk speed, he does a high kick and kicks Arnold in the face, and it's just amazing. Like yeah. here's a guy who does not have that in his wheelhouse, and now he's got the force of electricity surging through his body. <laughs> And he's just like raining down punches and throws in a high kick, and it was just and he no, it's hilarious to watch like an out of a moderately out of shape guy, like just just out of his element. He's he's getting supercharged. He's not gonna win, dude. Also, like like I would look worse in that outfit. So it's like also a weirdly not a flattering outfit. Yeah, that's weirdly '80s where somebody would get electrocuted and then come back stronger than like that happened in oh, yeah. First Blood Part Two too. And like, I feel like there was it's horror so movies. Stupid. There was like, it's just very <laughs> stupid and not understanding electricity at all. And uh, actually, now that I think about it, and Lethal Weapon too. Lethal Weapon, fucking Mel Gibson gets electrocuted. It's like 
One of those that's things that just it. doesn't happen anymore. That ha- for whatever reason, for five years, everybody was getting fucking electrocuted. It's yeah. It's like uh, even you you brought up like the was it the plastics or like the mortars? Like he placed like one on the outside of the building, and then the entire blo- building blows up from the inside. I thought I missed different it. times. I thought I missed something. He places he places one on the side of one building, and then they show like four different angles where like three buildings simultaneously <laughs> explode. I think I think he placed more than one, but still, and I think this maybe is an eighties trope. So be uh, I guess chime in or correct me, but like it's instead of like showing the whole scene tracking and, and blowing up, it's the one explosion showed 15 times from 15 different angles. And you just keep yeah. getting that explosion. So I, 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 I think, think it was the same like, building. They just were like, yeah, sure, sure. Sure. yeah, no, no, again. No, you're right. Yeah. They, they figured out how, like how to get a literal, I mean, I'm, no pun intended, a lot of bang for their buck where yeah. they cut a lot of fat out of these movies. And it was just to like give the audience fucking like an adrenaline rush. Yeah. So it was like it was literally like cut to something that makes the audience go wow to cut to another thing that makes the audience go wow yeah. and they just eliminated everything else and and again that's what I'm saying like these movies were produced it was literally it's like all right we have to do the explosions now it wasn't about like yeah. the plot or what anything like that it was like and 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 everybody was trying to top like each other like I mean it's like that's what like when T two came out in ninety one. Everyone was like, whoa. It's like, how do you top the original Terminator? It's like, well, you have a liquid Terminator. And it was literally like James Cameron had the idea for that. And it was the moment the technology was available, he made that movie. Like Cameron is like a visionary in that way. And then even with with, uh, Schwarzenegger, it's like – the way he cocked the 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 rifle by t- twisting the the the, gun, the shotgun by twisting it around, yeah. it's like oh that's a brand new thing you hadn't seen before in yeah. a movie. Um, yeah, yeah they, I mean that's what's what's fun about these movies is they had to figure out how to do something that the audience hadn't seen before. Yeah, right. And they did it for like there was like a five year window where they did it. They fucking they did the shit out of it, and then they tried to do it with like John Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal, but those were like facsimiles of the real guys. And then it just kind of went away until, I mean, and that's again, like John wick was really kind of, to me, a return to form Mm -hmm. plus also adding in like the Asian elements and like the gun foo and all that stuff that you hadn't seen in a Western movie. So it's, it's very, it's, I I think it's, you you can make fun of it and say that it's simplistic, whatever, but it's also very creative because they're, they're having to invent new ways to do things that audiences haven't seen before. And right. that, that part I recognize, like, right, like right now it's like I'm suspending my disbelief. But when I was first watching this, I wasn't suspending anything because I hadn't watched all these other modernized movies with like either parodying these types of things that came later or, mm-hmm. you know, correcting that. And then me realizing it, like I've never been in a shootout or like a war with like, you know, a, a Latin dictator. But yet I'm like pointing out like, well, that's unrealistic. That's unrealistic. That's unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. Like it's only because of I've seen all the other shit since this movie came out in 1985, right? If I was, you know, fresh faced, uh, whatever, teenager in 85, I mean, everything would be realistic uh, potentially and just fucking amazing. I mean, it's still amazing. I'm just laughing about the, you know, the, I don't know. It adds an forward. element to it that it's, that might not be there when you're a teenager watching it in the 80s. It does. It, it makes it campy and funny. And yeah. I mean, maybe it was like that for any anyone that knew about war at all. I mean, there were yeah. people who went to war that yeah. saw Commando. And I mean, the idea that that was realistic. 
No, but I think there's yeah. a little bit of like America fuck yeah when you watch this. Like, sure. No sure. soldier yeah. guys who are so no, no, like, no irony. This is yeah. just a pure nationalistic hell And yeah. also like to me, like Predator and Terminator are like just banging the out. table, Peter. Right? <laughs> just, oh, no, just fuck it. No, it's all good. Uh, I actually enjoy it. You've been doing it all episodes. I feel like I'm way. like de- defending my PhD. <laughs> Did you, that was the double hand bang the table. I, I want to be like in a debate where I'm just like debating Arnold Schwarzenegger. But um, yeah. like to me, Predator and Terminator are like just legit great movies. But this movie is, like I said, is this is like the prototype. For the action movie and it's it's so much fun it's yes. like arnold is like so charming i'm, I'm watching him on fucking instagram now yeah. he's like he's he, and he has that like you know bill burr has that great bit about i love like, that bit he, like, rob he, do you know that bit uh, uh i think arnold? i might need to hear a little bit more i feel our like autistic seen. comedian brains just synced up like we've both we've <laughs> yeah. seen that special a thousand times we know exactly like word for yeah. word it's the bit where bill burr talks about how they took down a great man in Arnold, like when Arnold got caught cheating oh, on his wife, yeah, yeah. he ta- and he describes Arnold's life in stage by stage and how it would compare. So I don't know, Peter, if you remember anything. Yeah, he's, he's basically saying like this man has like he's succeeded at everything he's ever put his mind to. Yes. He wanted to be governor of California. He wanted to be an action star. He wanted to be rich and famous. Why would he not think it was okay to bang his maid and get her pregnant? Like <laughs> right. he literally he everything, everything in his else. life told him that whatever he wants, he can get if he puts his mind to it. He's like, why don't you go to Austria, become <laughs> famous for working out, yeah. uh, become a movie star without learning how to speak the language, uh, <laughs> yeah. bang a royal, uh, marry the into Kennedy. royalty, which is Kennedy's, basically what he yeah. did. Uh, he's like, and, and, and then you think you wouldn't get away with having sex with your mate. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the way yeah. Bill does it is amazing, but it's, it's all facts too. It's like factual, yeah. like, Arnold's life is unbelievable. Like, I mean, yeah, if, if I would have had the 80s that Arnold had, I probably would be a different person than I am. Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He, see, he seems oddly well-adjusted to me. Like, he could have turned out to be a much worse dude. Yeah, he, he's, like, absolutely. doing a lot of charity and stuff. Yeah, and no, he's, he's, he's always been now. a nice guy. That's the thing about Arnold. You know what I mean? Like, he's never been, like... You would think, oh, he did the roids, and he did those like seventies roids, you know, like where it was yeah. like people would get like yeah. crazy roid rage or just be like animals. And Arnold was always just kind of a nice guy, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, there's something very like there's something cynical about him and very like calculating, but I still like it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's I don't a little. Think he's cold. a bad person. No, I, I don't think don't he's a bad person. At all. Yeah. But I think he's that he decided. Yeah, sure. There was stuff not... back in the day with him like messing True. with other. Like, but that's funny though. He like... was like a troll. I know. I mean, yeah, he, exactly. Because Lou Ferrigno was kind of like. <laughs> Lou Ferrigno. Have you ever watched Frigno. Pumping Iron? Of, either of it. I've seen it like five hundred thousand times. My dad used to watch it with. He was. We used to laugh at it because. I mean, Arnold obviously has that famous line of like, oh, I love the pump. And he's talking about yeah. pumping his muscles up. He's like, the pump is better than coming. And he, yeah. it's like a crazy line. It's like <laughs> the like, weirdest thing. all day long. I'm coming. Yeah, coming day and night. And he's like 22 <laughs> years old, just jacked out of his fucking mind. And um, yeah. and Lou, he's making fun of Lou Ferrigno. And Lou Ferrigno's got like a speech impediment. And he's kind of like... I don't know. I don't want to he's, say he's, he's like, deaf. I thought he was retarded. He's just deaf. So he can't, no, it's not. Yeah. No, I know. He can't speak well because he's like, he's like lifting weights, making noises. And Arnold's like making fun of him in the documentary. It's pretty yeah. brutal. But he also like got into Lou Ferrigno's head. 
And yeah. he because he knew Ferrigno was big. He was, you know, he was a he was competition. And, yep. and Arnold got in Ferrigno's head. You could watch it in that rewatch that documentary. He's conniving and competitive. But again, yeah. I think he was more like a troll. Like he knew what he had to do to win, but it was also yeah. like very funny to him. You know, yeah. like, but that's but that's where that same kind of. I feel like if you you grow up like in a very cold environment and like maybe like you don't have a loving like family or whatever and you're just like I just have to do what I want to do on my own. A lot of those people end up it's almost it's like a little bit sociopathic where you're like nothing is going to get in my way and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get what I want and it's I mean that's literally what he did. You hope that by the time they reach sixty, then they take all that money and and fame and use it for good, which is what he did. Yeah, you right. know you can't really complain I mean- about that. At the time period, he was getting famous too, though. Like that was like America, rah rah. Like America's, you know. I mean, say what you want, present day, but like land of opportunity. Here's this perfect example of an immigrant coming to this country Absolutely. and being successful. Like that is that's American dream. Like he was all of that, you know. Like and I don't know. So yeah, what well, I, I could he held public office like, as a yeah. just a complete. He could, can't even speak the just everything that was the guy in California. He can't even say, he can't the, even say name the name of his own state. state. Yeah, California. It sounds like it's such a uh, struggle for him to just speak any word. Just I love him so much. I bet I, I bet he like I bet he he accentuates the accent on purpose. At this point, know, at this I, point, you've been living in America for forty five years. Like he's that always accents had it. tend to mellow out. Yeah, yeah like our father. What are you? Yeah, talking I know. About? What the fuck are you talking? About? My nonna still speaks. Like, <laughs> I know, but they. Yeah, she still but says our, like she uses like the wrong verbs for every. Like, but they they were probably sense. surrounded by other people who spoke like them. Like yeah. he's been around people speaking correct English for forty five fucking years. I don't know. Mm. I think if you want to make that argument, maybe once upon a time he saw like the Simpsons making fun of him, and he just decided to like really ratchet it Lean up into and, it. And, do, and do the Simpsons. There might be something about it because. <laughs> Cause that's it. Like, uh, yeah, it just, it's a yeah caricature almost like accent, but if he's really authentic. Then yeah, no, he, I mean, he's still like, like for, I, I just, this movie brings me back like more so than maybe cause I, I haven't, I hadn't watched it in a long time. And then in the last year I watched it a bunch this year, like this movie really brings me back to that time in my childhood. It was just like, it was just about imagination. Do you know what I mean? It was just about fantasy. Like I watched these, these movies cause I wanted to like, fantasize about being fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah you know and that's what's fun about going back in uh and especially and we we've talked about this a bunch on the podcast especially during lockdown I find myself more wanting to be nostalgic mm-hmm. about stuff like I don't want to watch shit that makes me feel fucking sad right now I'd rather go back and watch something like fun from my childhood you know yeah no, That's your temperament it. too, in general. Though you don't, yeah, yeah, you don't want to watch some self-wallowing, self. You know, look how sad this movie is. Type movie. You're not yeah. really that into that. But um, no, it's so funny. I'll never um, go, going back and hearing the the kill you last for the first time since. It's weird. It it was it was fun. It, like it, it, you know what it also did. It reminded me of. It reminded me of when when Alex and I first got together and started talking about doing this podcast, and um. I had this, you know, I had this idea for like what I wanted the intro to sound like, and I was like, "Oh, that's easy. I'll just rip stuff off of YouTube and just like that that moment where he like m- like he played it for me for the first time, and I was like, "Oh my god, I didn't even know that was a thing you could do," you know. <laughs> yeah. And so for weeks, all I, I did that was in just like an hour sitting next to you. I know, I and that. for yeah. weeks before we even really started, I would just listen to the one minute clip over and over again <laughs> on my phone, yeah. and it just made me so happy that we fucking did that. And so going back and watching all of us, yeah, and I've listened to it too, just like listening to the intro. 
Oh wow! Um, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, man. You you literally mouthed it to me. You were like, "We need the thing baseline, and we need we need every, and you just told me the clips, and we just I mean, it was it was your vision, man. So. Yeah, I love you know. There's a couple lines in Lethal Weapon that I've always loved. There's a couple lines that fucking Stallone and and uh, and Schwarzenegger have said that I've always loved. So I, was like, I think right, I, I made gonna... you put the Pesci one in there. I thought, yeah, yeah, it, I wasn't crazy about the Pesci one, I but it works. The, yeah, it works. And then I also put the. Uh, I don't know if you wanted this, the but Rocky I put the Rocky scream. Three crying. <laughs> it's an amazing cry. I mean, Stallone gets a lot of shit for his acting, but that cry, that man is power crying. He is. Yeah. There's no way he wasn't sobbing in that scene. I mean, yeah. unbelievable. We I don't even know. If, I, I wonder how many people pick up on that. It's wild how hard he's crying. No, I'm saying that pick up that that's what that sound is. I don't think I don't think people know. Yeah, it's hard. There's a lot of shit buried in there, but that's the fun stuff. No, I told you I had somebody like somebody uh, reached out to me from England. It was like, hey, I'm a big fan of uh, of the podcast. I love that you use the thing uh, baseline in the intro. I was like. This is a guy that I can fucking talk to. A lot of people have told me that actually. That that thing when people recognize the thing uh, that that our theme song comes from the thing. I'm always like, all right, they're gonna like, they're gonna like the podcast, you know, like, and and I, I I've heard that a lot from, uh, whether it be comics or just people that I know listen, um, but there's a lot of fun stuff buried in there. I wonder if people would know. We also had to do that thing where we had to cut up the lethal weapon clips because there was too much dialogue, and it wouldn't have fit. I don't know if you were, you even remember this, but it was yeah, some yeah, light editing work. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't, you know, it it was fun. I remember doing that. Um, but look, I mean, we have we have Rob on here. This is like uh, the the whole reason we started, basically. I mean, like, how long did we talk about doing Commando with your brother? Has this Since been the very I mean, beginning? I, well, yeah. I, it's funny because I, I we claimed it that no one else could do Commando, right? And even even this week, somebody asked me if they could do Commando, and I yep. was like, "Well, if this no, episode right. sucks, then I guess." Oh you can no, this is fun. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Replace it with the other uh, the other person. It's better than both <laughs> Dean David episodes. Oh, shots <laughs> fired! Dean listened, so uh, I know he's going to hear I, I that. Knew. No, I love Dean. I love Dean. I love Dean too. But um, we yeah, had no, a thro- we couldn't release one of them. It was so bad. All right, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> he literally didn't release. And, it. and then he tried to he tried to guilt himself onto us as a third time. I'm like, there's no way that Dean David is gonna be the only guy to do three fucking episodes of my podcast. Uh, that's Amazing. so funny. I love Dean. Dean Rob, how do you funny. feel about the future of stand up comedy in New York? We must. <laughs> um, not looking good. Uh, I mean. Standing, I don't know, alone, it should be fine. But just with everything else going on in New York, I think is, is more the concern. No, that I mean, is you know, concern. my opinion, like, like, I don't like going into New York City because of how much of a hassle and a just pain in the mm-hmm. ass it is. There's just too many people. So um, I feel like some part of your, your stand-up comedy crowd is like on the weeknights is like people that are there and want to be there. Um, not like traveling in. So if New York City starts trending to have a lot less people wanting to go into the city or be there, um, maybe, you know, stand-up's healthy everywhere else outside of New York City too. I just feel like, uh, I don't know. It's- yeah, none of us know that. Like none of us know what to do because people are like, oh, if I go to Kansas City, I can actually do a show right now, but no one's really sure. Yeah, I mean, it's going to – I, all I know is that when we do look back on all this shit happening right now, it's there's going to be so many um, interesting, like there's there's a lot of details that we can't decipher while we're in it, that yeah. we probably like a lot of decisions we should be making that just 
it's just impossible to make the you, you don't see the options while you're in it but um i mean slowly we're definitely going to open up it can't last forever as much as people want it to uh some yeah. people so some people, I, yeah, yeah some people want it to and that look whatever have your opinion but even you if you're one of those people you have to admit that eventually life will get back to normal i mean it has yeah. to yeah I, what what's normal What's I mean, I'm someone who worked in an office five days a week. Me and too. I've I've shown that I can be just as productive, if not Same. more productive. More productive. You know? Yeah. I, but I, I want to work from home. I don't know about you. I don't want to go to an office. I, I, I know, but but when we talk about going back to the new normal, like, you know, I think some of these things were gonna take longer to like actually come to fruition because the the old guard didn't think it could happen. And now you are forced into an actual real life example. So yeah. when I and I just, if I magnify that, like, all right, so how many people were commuting into New York City every day and then they were already there and so they wanted to have a social life so then they go out to dinners in New York City mm-hmm. or they sure. stay for a show, Broadway, whatever. Like, if, if say 50% of those people are, you know, it's justified that they now don't need to go commuting into New York City, how is New York City ever going to be the normal that we thought it was? Like, as much as yeah. I hate it, like, New York City is just the the allure of everyone trying to get in there because you have to be there to make it and now it's a good point but i I, it's a good point and it's definitely going to have a long it's long-term effects on new york but i do think there's enough play like yes i don't know what you do specifically but i work in an office too and i don't need to be there i don't know about you did you ever need to be there um, there's certain like aspects that I could go to be in person and I travel to visit like other like work experiences, work sites, but even that, that could be the percentage where I need to be in person. So I could say very comfortably 90 to 95% right. of my job, right. as long as I have an internet connection. Exactly. You know, so, so yeah. but jobs like a lot of jobs in New York aren't like that. You know, a lot of jobs are small businesses and, you know, restaurants and, 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 you know, uh, comedians. I mean, I, I know it doesn't sound like a job, but like, you know, these things can't function without you being there in person. And so there's a lot of New York that has put on, been put on hold that I don't know. I, yeah, I think a good chunk of the office workforce will probably not want to pay the taxes, not want to do the commute and just work yeah. from home if they can. Well, my uh, concern but, is that ripple mm-hmm. effect. Right? The ripple so effect, if, right? If yeah, the yeah, office yeah. people aren't there, then mm-hmm. do they need as many restaurants? Do they need as many happy hour locations? Like, probably it, not. You know, <laughs> well, it, the, I mean, the dirty little secret about New York is, and I noticed this. I was in the restaurant business for years, and I noticed, like, you know, you come to New York, you get a waitering job so that you can have the flexibility and the money to live right. in New York to do the other stuff, to pursue your passion. And right. then I became a, ma- a manager, and so then I was responsible for hiring people, and then all of a sudden there was nobody good that I could hire. Like I was working at one of the top restaurants in New York and I couldn't find somebody to hire. So I was like, where are the, where are these people? I don't, I don't even think they're moving to New York anymore. And Mm -hmm. so I think what happened was New York was, it became this kind of Mecca when it was a place where poor artists could live. Mm -hmm. Like I was watching a little bit of this Bob Dylan documentary. And back then McDougal street, it was like, it was poor fucking commie folk singers. You know what I mean? You could live in you could live in an apartment and you back know, when the of, artists were poor and yeah. not living and so on that, and now it's and, what thirty five hundred dollars for like a one bedroom apartment down there. Sure, yeah. So then it, like, but that attracted not? like the finance guys, and so now it's the finance bros, whatever you want to call them, that really 
that's the, the economic engine of the city, but those guys want to experience the arts. So mm-hmm. they, they, they're the ones that go out to eat on a Tuesday night and spend $300 yeah. uh, at a restaurant, which, which enables that person, that artist to be able to live in the city. So yeah, if you eliminate that part of, dude, right now where I live in East Harlem, it, it might as well be, you know, 2019, but you go to Midtown and Midtown is fucking dead. Dead. There's and nothing yeah. going on. And that's my point. I'm sure a lot of it will come back because there's a certain prestige that goes with being based in New York, but there could be a significant percentage decline. So say, yeah, all Wall Street comes back, even though those people could have been doing their jobs anywhere else in the world, you know, 20 years ago, but there's that prestige. But a lot of other people, if it's advertising or other office jobs that for one reason or another are making people commute two plus hours a day, unless you want to live in the city to work there. In the last eight weeks, those people have just been working from home and have been just as productive and yeah. they haven't had to pay any off. Like, you know, if, if those built, if those companies didn't have to like pay have rent. an office building yeah. in New York, yeah, like, and they probably could pay, you know, new hires less because it's cheaper to hire talent in New Jersey than New York or whatever. Like, I don't know. And again, it's all speculation, but I just think like, um, you know, the, whatever the wave of like working remote for people who can has been on the horizon. And I think it just like, this it was the was, tipping. It was, there was a lot of resistance to it actually being effective. And this like forced it mm-hmm. into kind of being a, like a proving ground. Yeah. I, I know yeah. with like, with us, with like with artists, good point. like, you know, I, I'm so glad that we have this and we'll be able to do this for the rest of our lives, no matter where we are physically in the world. But I wouldn't feel connected at all to like the community of comedians if I right. didn't live in New York City and get Same. to know those people yeah. from literally just hanging out. Yeah. And, and there are guys that I there are guys that I wanted to meet in New York City and then I opened for them in Pennsylvania. And yeah. now we have that connection so that when I see them on the street in New York City, it's like, hey man, how you doing? That that can only happen from actual human interaction. Yeah. You know, and that that's what like, I'm glad that I, you know, had the couple of years that I did have in order to get to the point now where I can reach out to somebody and be like, hey, man, I would love for you to do my podcast. But yeah. that it, it took years of be physically like being in a community in order to do that. No, right? I, I get it. I think I mean, even in my work environment, I think my presence, uh, I've been with the same company for like eight years. And I think that's, you know, benefited me from having that networking and you know, being around those other people and whoever. Um, So like now it's like, all right, I already have those relationships. So the the remote working is, you know, more feasible. But if I were to like start, you know, square one, like fresh out of college working remote, I would be intimidated out of my mind and probably like flounder a lot with like, I don't know. That's a good point to start faceless and in in your own well, apartment it's like it, it, that's not an easy way to move up and make relationships. it's like being on a college yeah. campus like the socializing it's not just about taking classes and taking tests it's, the it's like 90 percent the socialization so no, you can sure you can listen true. I, I learned a fucking lot of stuff just watching youtube videos same but i wouldn't trade my college Everything. experience for the world i learned how to yeah. do digital advertising from you know self-taught i didn't learn yeah. a thing about that in school i just built my, that's my whole career to- I yeah. built my sister two elevated garden beds because she sent me a YouTube clip, and then I figured. <laughs> and I'm actually, gonna, I'm actually going to build Rob one next. But uh, no, Rob, I've been looking forward to this for a long time, so I'm this glad great, we're man. finally able to do this. Yeah, uh, this was uh, awesome. 
Yeah, likewise. It was nice meeting you, Alex. And yeah, really fun. great so. meeting you, Rob. Uh, yeah, yeah let, I, I'm happy to do another one. I know you briefly brought up Last of the Mohicans or whatever you want to do. I mean, I think it's great. I think we should have another Garachi on every now and then. Yeah. Are there, whenever, are there um, more Garachis we can have on? Yeah. Is there? Could we do a whole a whole fucking family <laughs> tour? Yeah. How many tiles can you fit on a Zoom call? We, we want to just. You, you can just, do it up to, I think, 100, honestly. Yeah. It'll be, it'll just be like Easter dinner. We just all be yelling at each other. Yeah, I know. That's what I was just going to say the same thing. I would it'll love just be that. A, it'll oh, just be a regular that. holiday dinner, just people yelling at each other. That would be great. We'll That'd invite my great. mom and she can tell the same five stories she's told at every family <laughs> gathering. Four of them are about Pete, so I love it. Oh, uh, dude, I, <laughs> I, I heard. Is Pete a mama's boy? Uh, or Pete just, uh, I guess, Pete? gave gave my mom the best material. All I my see. material sucked. Not as fun. The other day I was with them and my dad started telling one of her stories about me. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like she's gaslit him so much that now he thinks it's his memory story. He's just telling it. That's very funny. Yeah. She's the best. You'll have to have uh, her on sometime. Oh God. Never heard that episode, but it'd be good for you, Alex. I would love to see it. Her first thing. She's like, she's like, what you want to watch the same movie more than once? Why would you watch the same movie more than once? That's what she says to me. Yeah, I was Albert Brooks is one of my heroes, and uh, he did a movie called Mother, and it's about like him as uh, a like a successful Hollywood guy moving back in with his mother as an adult after his divorce, and about all the ways that doing that will drive you crazy. And there was an interview, I think it was on NPR, and they said, well, you know, is this really based on your real mother? Like what, you know, what part of this is true? And he goes, he goes, listen, my mother is lovely. I love her. He goes, for whatever it is, like she loves me and she supports me, but she doesn't understand why I'm funny. And it's like, <laughs> and I go, I go, oh my God, that's am- like that's, that's amazing. That's exactly it. Like yeah. to her, Albert Brooks is her son. Yeah. Right. It's not Albert Brooks, the fucking comedy genius that wrote and directed all these classic movies. It's the guy who, you know, had to ask her yeah. to, to use the car to go out on the weekends. There, there is also an aspect of like she's the central theme of some of your jokes. So like we all see the comedy. She just was doing what she Oh, dude, I don't even have to modify stuff. Yeah. I just repeat <laughs> verbatim things that she said. <laughs> Which is amazing. But hey, um, it works. So. It definitely yeah. works. Yeah. But all right, Rob, man, thanks again for doing this. Yeah, thanks, guys. You want to plug fun. anything? You want to plug your company or your work? Yeah, keep buying candy. <laughs> oh, yeah, he works for he works for M&M Mars. We should say that. No, I probably so should buy Snicker that. bars. It's okay. I could beep it out. Peter's an idiot. Uh, no, it's a, I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's I mean, fine. if they search my last name, maybe they find me. But no big deal. It's, um, yeah, it's fine. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure if we had a problem with uh, Mars suing us, that would uh, that would be that mean good things for us. I think. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You kick yeah. the hornet's nest, and then maybe one day they'll sponsor you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't work uh, in that department, though. Goddamn! Now I want M and M's, and I've been good about uh, not having candy. So. You should have them. We've, oh, well, of course you would working, say that. We've got people working hard through this pandemic to make sure that candy's on the shelf. Oh, fuck we, off, We dude. want to make sure that American favorites are there. But... <laughs> <All right. laughs> Is that my plug? Cut all of this. I don't want any of this part. All right, I'll cut it. <laughs> all right, thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, Rob. Later, thanks. Rob. Uh, and, yeah, I'm just going to end it here. So, Pete, oh, I'll see you, bud. I got to run, but that was all great. Right, thanks for doing it. See you next time.